The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by Bowl & Branch. Getting a great night's sleep is easier and more affordable than you think. Go to bowlandbranch.com today for $50 off your first set of sheets. Promo code Big Idea. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Thursday, April 5th. In today's news, Facebook says most of its users were affected by malicious actors. The White House chief of staff has a warning for the EPA administrator. And Bob Mueller is questioning Russian oligarchs about whether they made illegal contributions to help Donald Trump. But first, the big idea. Trump is following through on his America First campaign promises. Deploying the military to defend the border with Mexico, instructing the Pentagon to withdraw U.S. troops from Syria, and starting a trade war with China are all consistent with the America First creed that President Trump laid out as a candidate. Being outraged by these things is understandable. But anyone who is surprised by Trump's most recent moves on foreign policy, trade, and immigration either wasn't paying attention during the 2016 campaign, has a short-term memory, or selectively listened to hear what they wanted to hear. The press was criticized after the election for taking Trump literally, but not seriously, whereas his supporters took him seriously, but not literally. Once again, it turns out that Trump should have been taken literally. He's repeatedly tried to follow through on promises that most mainstream Republicans said he wasn't going to follow through on, that just a few short years ago they found objectionable. It started with the travel ban he enacted during his first days in office. Now, Trump's push to withdraw the 2,000 U.S. troops who were in Syria as soon as possible is upsetting some Republicans, traditionally hawks. But this dovetails with the president's long-expressed aversion to nation-building. He has told military leaders that he wants Arab allies to take over and pay for stabilizing and reconstructing areas liberated from the Islamic State. In a meeting with top national security aides on Tuesday, Trump backtracked from his public insistence that the troop exit was imminent, pressed by the president to tell him how much more time they need to finish the job. The defense secretary and the chairman of the Joint Chiefs said it would probably be months, not years. Trump agreed during this meeting that the military could train local security forces. But officials said he stressed that U.S. strategic goals in Syria do not include long-term stability or reconstruction efforts. He said he does not want to have the same conversation about withdrawal six months from now. After he reluctantly agreed to escalate the war in Afghanistan, many analysts presumed that Trump didn't necessarily mean his isolationist rhetoric about spheres of influence. Privately, though, He has repeatedly bristled at being pushed toward the traditional Washington consensus on the global order. Trump has made clear he doesn't see the promotion of democracy and human rights as a goal of American policy. He may have signed off on more lethal aid for the Ukrainian government against Russian-backed separatists, but he's made clear that he doesn't see this as America's fight. He now seems more intent than ever on getting out of the Iranian deal. Many diplomats say they think it's inevitable that Trump will scuttle the multilateral agreement with Tehran, just as he did the Paris Accord. Meanwhile, the tariffs that have so rattled the markets and upset conservatives in Congress followed decades of protectionist harangues. Trump's steadfast belief that our country is hurt more than helped by trade deals is as close to a core conviction as almost anything else. 
as some of the so-called adults in the room leave the administration, from former Goldman Sachs president Gary Cohn to Army General H.R. McMaster to former ExxonMobil CEO Rex Tillerson, the president feels increasingly liberated to pursue his own personal outlook. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, Facebook acknowledged that most of its 2 billion users were affected by, quote, malicious actors who were using the platform's search tools to scrape people's personal information. The social media company announced also that Cambridge Analytica, the political consulting firm that Trump gave $6 million to in 2016, improperly gathered detailed Facebook information on over 70 million Americans. That's more than the 50 million previously reported. On a conference call with reporters yesterday, Facebook founder and CEO Mark Zuckerberg explained one way that people's personal information has been compromised. The scam started when malicious hackers harvested email addresses and phone numbers on the so-called dark web. That's where criminals post information stolen from data breaches over the years. Then the hackers used automated computer programs to feed the numbers and addresses into Facebook's search box, allowing them to discover the full names of people affiliated with the phone numbers or addresses, along with whatever Facebook profile information they chose to make public, often including their profile photos and hometowns. Hackers also abused Facebook's account recovery function by pretending to be legitimate users who had forgotten account details. Facebook's recovery system served up names, profile pictures, and links, phone numbers, email addresses, and other personal information like this amount to critical starter kits for any identity thief. The Facebook hack allowed bad actors to tie raw data to people's real identities and build fuller profiles of them. Under fire, Zuckerberg has agreed to appear at a joint hearing of the Senate Judiciary and Commerce Committees next Tuesday, and then on Wednesday, he'll appear before the House Energy and Commerce Committee. Number two, Environmental Protection Agency Administrator Scott Pruitt appears to have not had a residence in Washington for a month last fall, raising fresh questions about taxpayer-covered expenses for his transportation, security, and hotel bills. Pruitt had been renting a condo linked to a lobbyist another controversial arrangement, for much of last year. After he moved out from the digs, which only cost him $50 for every night that he stayed there, he spent a month away from Washington, spending part of that time in his home state of Oklahoma to recover from surgery. His time away from Washington means that taxpayers are covering expenses for him and his security detail. Pruitt tells the Post that the latest inquiries about his housing demonstrate, quote, how crazy the controversy surrounding him has become. White House Chief of Staff John Kelly called Pruitt earlier this week to ask what other bad headlines might come out still. He also warned Pruitt that while the president supports him for now, the damaging revelations need to stop if he's going to survive. Number three, special counsel Bob Mueller's investigation has pursued Russian oligarchs for questioning related to possible illegal campaign contributions to Trump. CNN reports that Mueller's investigators have stopped at least two oligarchs during trips to the United States, and they made a document and interview request to a third who hasn't visited recently. The situations have one thing in common. Investigators are looking into whether wealthy Russians illegally funneled cash donations, directly or indirectly, into Trump's presidential campaign and inauguration fund. And that's The Daily 202. 
for Thursday, April 5th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. I'll talk to you tomorrow.